0: Amen say for I was was lost but thank God right now I am found and I was blind praise God but And see
1: founder and director of the total experience gospel choir and this is the emerging future Welcome to the Emerging Future Podcast, everybody. I am your host and convener, Joel DeYoung. And this is a very special episode we have today. I had the privilege of sitting down with Pat Wright in her home in Seattle at her dining room table, and we chatted for about two, two and a half hours. Um, I'm not sure where we ended up here in terms of the the total length of this podcast, but uh, we had a blast. Um, halfway through, her brother showed up and he joined us for a little while on the podcast. Um, but just to give you a little bit of background on Pat, uh, she has many, many accolades. So she started the Total Experience Gospel Choir. Um, she started singing when she was really, really young in her church. And so along the way, she sang either solo or with the choir uh, for many, many people. So her choir, the Total Experience Gospel Choir, has sung in 36 states as well as Hawaii and Alaska. Oh, no, 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 wait. It says <laughs> 36 contiguous states as well as Hawaii and Alaska. So that makes a total of 38 states. <laughs> And they've performed on five continents and 28 countries. So that's one choir traveling all over the world and making an impact. In addition to that, the choir has won 150 different awards, all kinds of different recognitions. There's no way I have time to to name them all. But she's also sung with all of these really, really uh, famous people like Quincy Jones Ray Charles, Michael Bolton, Michael Bolton, Pete Seeger. She actually was um, invited by Dave Matthews to record the backup vocals on one of his CDs. Um, three of her choir members have been on American Idol. Um, she sung, this is crazy. She she's sang. At Jimi Hendrix's funeral. Yeah. Um, you remember the Seattle Supersonics? Yeah. Uh, source subject here in Seattle, but uh, they're no longer uh, a basketball team, an NBA basketball team in Seattle. But uh, Pat Wright actually sung the national anthem at the first game that the Seattle Supersonics played in Seattle. And at the last game that they played in Seattle how about that and she's played in all these all the major stadiums here in town she sung um she's done the Seahawks she's done and in fact when I was talking to her um prior to um, us getting together she's like oh you're you, you can't Get a hold of me between, like, 6 and 7 o'clock tonight because I'm singing the national anthem for the Sounders game. (laughs) Oh, um, in addition to all of that, she has sung for three presidents and a couple of them more than once. I mean, she is absolutely amazing and really has had some special experiences to sing for, you know, some of these famous people. And, you know, that's all, I mean, it is, it is amazing. And Pat is an amazing person. And really what I wanted to do with her is sit down and understand her story a little bit more and understand how, she came to bring her gift in the world, and um, a gift like Pat's, there, it often comes with, with hardship, because other people don't allow the gift to actually manifest itself in the world in a liberating way, and, and by that, I mean, people, people get jealous of it, and this is something that she actually talks about, and she, she came across um, this this tension many times during her her life where she had to overcome these different scenarios of jealousy and other people really trying to um you know cannibalize on her work and uh, and not really allowing her to flourish in a way that is I don't even know how to put this, but not allowing her to just be Pat Wright and to flourish as the choir. So we get into some of the dynamics of the black church. We get into the dynamics of gentrification, um, racism, and her, her journey. I mean, she, she took a bus, and she'll talk about this, all the way from, from Texas to Seattle, and in the thick of the whole civil rights movement and her experience on that bus is is really profound and and so i i encourage you to listen to this with just a heart of compassion you know for her and for her work i'm extremely grateful for the for the time that she spent and for her willingness to just open up her heart and talk about all of the challenges because there's a lot to learn there. And the one thing that I really come away with is this story that seems to be congruent with people who, like Pat, have gift that they just need to get out in the world. And I and I and I think we all have this. I think we all have this gift. It for her, her gift came at a really, really young age. So she she was, you know, really young when she knew that singing was her gift. But in order to bring that gift out in the world, in order to become her full human Pat Wright self, there were enormous obstacles that had to be overcome and she really had the faith and the tenacity to bring that gift into the world and the world is a better place for it. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and I hope you learn something from it as I did. So join me and Pat at her dining room table and listen to her story. Here's Pat Wright.
0: This is what I do before I start yakking, and I love my peppermint candy. Mm. It comes from uh, when I was a little girl. Uh There were eight kids in my family, and, of course, there are only four of us now, and my daddy was a carpenter. And he did quite well, and he also was a farmer. Mm-hmm. And we still have the 35 acres of land in Texas. You do? Yeah. What part of Texas? East Texas, a little town called Carthage. It's the gas capital of the of Texas. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's the gas capital of <laughs> Texas. Because uh, there are gas wells on all four sides. Mm-hmm. And it's still pumping.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: And after he got off work, on Friday evenings, he'd always bring us a treat, and it was always peppermint candy, and peppermint
1: candy. You keep the peppermint candies. That reminds you of them.
0: <laughs> what was he like? What? Your dad. Um, Tall, handsome, um, skinny. He was half white. His mother was, he was the uh, product of a, of a rape. Oh, my. And on a farm back <clears throat> in Texas. So, all of our brothers and sisters look like me. We're all yellow, as they call us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was it like growing up in Carthage? Talked about by both sides. The black kids used to call us white, call me white girl, because that's what they heard their parents say, who heard the people they work for say and but well, we didn't care it was six of us eight of us at all total there are four left now i just buried my uh, my my sister over me last week i'm sorry thank you so i'm the oldest sister living at this point now i have a st- a half sister that lives in renton she's uh, 10 years older than i am okay but um of the six of us who were whole sisters and brothers mm mm-hmm. There's only four of us, uh, three of us left now.
1: Was your sister uh, living in Seattle? Yes.
0: Yeah, she was the first African-American to work for People's National Bank, which is now Chase. Really? Yes.
1: Wow. Which And, is... I,
0: and I followed in her footsteps. I went to People's National Bank, too.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. What did you do there?
0: Uh, back in the late 60s and worked for them up until the early 80s when they were swallowed up by Chase. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I decided it was time to retire from banking, mm-hmm.
1: and I did. And start getting into music.
0: I've been <laughs> in music all my life. Uh, as a little girl, it was my first solo, Jesus Loves Me This, I Know. but mm. well, the Bible tells me so. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Daddy was the pastor of the church, and so they ne- needed some special music, and he didn't tell them that I could sing. So he said, I have a special surprise for, you, for your church today. Come on, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> And that was my debut. Did he call you Pat? Or? They called me Baby. They called you Baby? Mm-hmm. Never, <laughs> never called me by my name. I was always Baby. Everybody <laughs> was Baby until they got to be about seven or eight, because then there was always another Baby for real. <laughs> well, there were eight of us. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge family. <laughs> yeah. So, and my sister, Anna Laurie, who is 87, is still living in, in Renton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. And she was the first African-American to work in the metabolic kitchens, which is a test kitchen from the University of Washington Hospital for people who had various food disorders. Mm -hmm. And she was the first African-American they hired.
1: So you're uh, coming from a family of firsts.
0: Yeah. How did you all end up out here
1: from Carthage,
0: From her? Well, her husband was uh, stationed at Fort Lewis. Okay. And then... um, When she came home, she took back Oralee, the banker. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after a few years, er, they came home every year back to uh, to Carthage, Texas every year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after I graduated from high school and then three years of college, my sister Oralee, the one that came and got me, uh, she and her husband separated and divorced, and they had four little children. And she needed someone to babysit, so... I dropped out of college and after the, uh, uh, at the end of my junior year and came up to babysit her four kids and been up ever since. So the baby became the babysitter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. I love it.
1: <laughs> so what was that like, the move from Carthage to Seattle?
0: Oh, I hated, hated Renton.
2: Hmm.
0: Obviously, this was uh, now 40 years ago. Right. And the atmosphere was not good in Renton at all. It was a typical uh, small town. Mm-hmm. It's still a small town, but it was very typical then, and it reminded me so much of the South. And my sister lived on uh, nine nineteen E Street. All the streets in Renton had alphabets to them. Okay, not not, not, not names. Uh-huh. A B C D E. Wow, that's <laughs> creative. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. So we lived at 919 E Street. Okay. And my other sister, the oldest sister, lived at 607 H Street. hmm H and E. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only thing he didn't use was X and Z. Um, X, Y, Z. Why? Was there reason? I don't know why he didn't use X, Y, Z. I
1: wonder if it's superstitious. You know how <laughs> they don't have 13 in the elevator? Right.
0: <laughs> 13th floor. <laughs> It's still twelve, thirteen. On okay, you can call there. it fourteen if you want to. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so then, how long were you babysitting? I babysat for eight months and then I met my husband, and we've been married ever since. We got married in 1965 on Juneteenth, on purpose. June because what? Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's June nineteenth. Okay. Because that's the day when people in the South found out that they had been freed from slavery. Oh, that's awesome. So it's called Juneteenth. Juneteenth. And we still celebrate it this day. Love it. And I decided that since Juneteenth came on a Saturday that year, that's it. I'm that, going to get married on Juneteenth.
1: Oh, I love it. <laughs> and did you get married here in Seattle? I did. Did you, did you have uh, like a big traditional church wedding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, did there happen to be any singing there?
0: <laughs> yeah, I did it myself.
1: Did you? Mm-hmm. What did you
0: sing? Uh, you Are So Wonderful to Me. Mm-hmm. But the songs are You Are So Beautiful to Me. But mm. I sang it to my husband, You Are So Wonderful to Me.
1: I bet that was pretty special.
0: Everybody was crying, including me. I don't know how I made it through the song. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first church wedding this pastor had ever performed.
1: Was that in Seattle or Yes,
0: 19? True Vine Baptist Church, which was on the corner 17th and East Fair. Because that's the only place that black folks I found not could live in Seattle come on it was in in this area the central area that's why i I bought this house mm-hmm. this is the edge of the central area
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah so tell me tell me about that well, they talked about freedom in the north but it really wasn't free. there wasn't very much between this difference between this southern um uh, attitude and the northern attitude. Mm-hmm. I came up to Seattle in nineteen um 63, uh, no 64, on the back seat of a Continental Trailways bus. I was uh, the only black person on the bus from Carthage to Seattle, which took three and a half days to get here. Oh my. Because the bus, w- buses were only allowed to drive so far at night. Mm-hmm. So we, we stopped at bus depots all the way up here I couldn't use the bathroom in the depots, coming north. I still had to go to the outhouse to use the bathroom.
1: That's unbelievable.
0: <laughs> I know, but I'm glad I'm I've lived old enough to tell the story.
1: How did that make you feel when you're when you're actually living that experience and you're one person? who's being separated by the color of your skin to go somewhere
0: else. Had to go to the outhouse. The outhouse, which is not, not as nice. What no. is well it's just a wooden building with, uh, they have, uh, they made toilets out of, I have an ant invasion and there's one. Oh. Uh, no, he's just right there, he was alive. He once was a lie, but now he's not. Breathing. Yeah, your finger got him. I got him, and I've, I have some in here. I've been getting them uh, for the last week. I don't know where they're coming from. So I got on the back seat of the bus in Carthage, Texas, and I rode all the way three days, four, uh, four actual days and three nights on the back seat of a bus. The bus. Of the bus. Hmm. I couldn't use the bathroom on the bus.
1: So you were holding
0: it? Until we got to the next depot. And And then you you get to the depot in the next city, which was three hundred miles down the road. And then you'd go in there and you couldn't use the bathroom in there either. Had to go to the outhouse. And I did that for three days. Four days actually and three nights.
1: Did you just comply? Or were you just like, okay, well, you better comply. I'm going to get only, through this? You're
0: the only black person on the bus. Right. <laughs> and something happened to you, nobody would know. And you're know. a woman. And I'm a woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of these days, like now, I get to share the stories mm-hmm. of uh, the N-word from the time I got on the bus 2,500 miles away all the way up to here, to Seattle. But I was determined to get here and help my sister with her children.
1: Right. And you were by yourself, so that your sister meet you at the station when you got here? Yes.
0: And I felt like I had just stepped off into heaven. I finally Mm. saw my sister. (laughs) And uh, I cried a lot Mm -hmm. on that bus, but I never let anybody see me cry. I just kept my head down. Or I laid, nobody back on on the back of the bus, but me anyway. So I just laid down in my seat and cried.
1: That must have been really scary.
0: Scary, lonely, wondering why, just because I'm black.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And the answer is yes. Why? Why? What did I do to you? I didn't do anything to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still have those situations. There are times here in Seattle in 2017 when I can tell the difference between when we do certain events, they treat my choir differently, and my choir is not black. It's an all white choir. Is it an all white choir? Now? <laughs> yeah, I have two uh, black people in it, and there are 23 of us. <laughs> <laughs> it started out as all black, uh-huh. but that was 43 years ago. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: So now it's completely changed because there are no blacks. I'm the only black on this block.
1: <laughs> so this neighborhood's changed a lot, it's too. It's completely changed. Yeah.
0: When I first came, uh, it was all Jewish. And okay. then the Jews uh, moved out, and moved further down. Mm-hmm. And then the Blacks moved in, and I came just as the as the Blacks, a couple of years later, moved completely out to the mm-hmm. South End, and we always go southward. For some reason, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up being the only Black on this block, and there are only three blacks, on this hill. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is the only place they would... When I bought my house back in 1967, bought this house, when I um, decided I was going to not live in an apartment, I'd never lived in an apartment before, so I told my husband, if we can't buy a a home, I'm going back home to my mother, Mm -hmm. and we hurry up about this house. (laughs) So that was because the Jews who lived in it moved out to where the Jews were settling, Seward Park. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right down the hill. Mm-hmm. So um, at that point, um, we got this house for seventeen thousand dollars.
1: That's amazing.
0: And it's three bedrooms and three stories, so. <laughs> two bathrooms.
1: <laughs> All right, and now it's worth probably it's worth a uh, half million. Yeah, I bet it's at least a little bit that. more. Of
0: that was that was two years ago. We had it. Uh, yeah, so it's worth more now. Yeah,
1: and the market's kind of accelerating again. Yes,
0: yes. I actually, the last time I heard from somebody that knows real estate, because we have a big backyard. Okay, said, this, you're sitting on a million dollars, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm going to sit on it. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I want to live here. I don't want to <laughs> live stay anywhere right else. Here.
1: <laughs> so. When you were sitting on that bus, did you have any any music in your head? That
0: Yes, the only place you could play it was in your head because mm-hmm. they wouldn't let you play. We had um, the, I'm trying to think of, we had to, uh, well, not, you know they have the little things now, but what was it? It's uh, the 45 and then the thing that came off the 45, uh, the like a small 45. Uh, It looked like a a CD, but it was bigger. That was before my time, I don't know. Yes, that's right, and then the CD came in, and then, of course, the... uh,
1: Well, the uh, cassette was in between there, right? Yeah,
0: right. Mm -hmm.
1: I grew up with cassettes.
0: Well, see, I have lots of music on cassettes now. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, it was uh, a trying time. I'm surprised I survived. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, I messed up my digestive system because I couldn't go to the bathroom on the bus. So by the time I got to Seattle, I was all, I, they had to give me medication so my body functions would operate properly again. And it still had, it didn't work because I had forced them not to work for four days.
1: Oh. <laughs> That's horrible.
0: It is, but it was like it. I made it, but you made it. I did, and I'm 73 years old. Thank and it, God. You <laughs> didn't
1: just make it, though. You came out of it. Yes. Swinging. Yes, swinging with your voice. Uh, home runs. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I have managed to sing for three living presidents: Obama, Clinton, and what's the last one? Bush. No. No. Three Democrats. Well, Who's Oh man, History lesson
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Come on,
0: who was, it? Who was what, it was it was before Clinton, uh, yeah, right in between. All right, this is bad. We'll get back to this, <laughs> 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 yeah, And uh, when they came to Seattle, I did the national anthem for them. and actually,. Uh, I did the national anthem for several times out on on the field. Uh, uh, for major e- people who've come through Seattle, they've called me to do the national I anthem love it. for them. Yeah,
1: that's got to be uh, yeah. a, a, just a, a great experience. It, it is
0: a tremendous experience. You walk in and, and they're looking for a, a mezzo soprano. You know, right? Ooh, ooh. Uh-huh. No, not me. The short <laughs> black woman. <laughs> <laughs> And I've seen people of very high stature just drop their head with tears for I oh, wish I had cameras to take oh, it, the but best. I didn't. And um sometimes um they they could tell I was a gospel singer mm-hmm. and just by the tenure of my voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um uh, they would I've had several of them to come to me and said, I felt like I was in church and that was just a national anthem. I don't wanna hear you sing a gospel song. Because you'll have me bawling like a baby. <laughs> uh-huh. There is something about gospel music yeah. that does that. Yeah. It comes out of pain.
1: Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's like a yes. cry out.
0: It is. Uh, it was uh, created by a gentleman by the name of Thomas A. Dorsey. His first major hit was Precious Lord. Mm. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah. I do it a lot at funerals. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't ever make it through it all the way through it, though. hmm I mean, I've been doing it for 50 years, and I still can't sing it all the way through without crying. <laughs> mm.
1: So he, he was kind of the grandfather of gospel? Yes, he
0: was. He is the father and grandfather of music, of gospel music, Thomas A. Dorsey. And when when was that? Uh, he started out in the um, late 50s, and he passed um, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And his music les- legacy will live on forever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the amazing thing about music these days. Yeah, because you can you can write it yes. right, so you can transcribe the language, right. and you can record it, so right. it's always going to be it's in always going to be there. And, and I was
0: a disc jockey then. See, I was the gospel disc jockey for the black radio station, which was KYAC, <laughs> and I did a lot of their uh, commercials all the time, and you'd hear me going. Thank you for listening to K Y A C. They say you're not supposed to sound sexy. You're the gospel jock, honey. Hush, we we sexy too. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. How did you get that job? Oh, they were looking for a gospel jock, mm-hmm. and um, they had. I was going to Mount Zion Baptist Church, which is the largest black uh, church here in the city. Mm-hmm. And they had heard me sing, and they said, she has a good radio voice. Let's let's hire her. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So they heard you sing, and they said, okay, oh, you, yeah. can, you can probably right. talk, too.
0: Yeah, I can talk, and I can talk without a script. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's kind of uh, <coughs> a lot of what you do in, in yes, gospel. Yes, yes. You're, that's you're right. just flowing. Ad-lib. You're flowing. Right. Um. There's been this whole resurgence of that word mm. in in neuroscience and trying to find the flow, because yeah. we've we've um, we've sort of locked into the prefrontal cortex of our brain, which is you know the the analytical the thinking side, yep. and we don't know how to quiet that. But when but when we can quiet that, then we come into this embodied experience of awareness yes. and intelligence yes and something deeper than what
0: we can touch that's right amen brother <laughs>
1: <laughs> um thinking about flow you know thinking about the flow in music i have to imagine that well you you, you embody that like on a different level than most people do and it's i think i see that as you know one of this these god-given gifts that you have that that you've actually been able to notice enough to to follow it and and to actually share it with the rest of the world and it's been hugely impactful when you came to madrona with total experience and everybody opened their mouth at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, a lot of choirs are they sing, but it it doesn't it doesn't come from um, I don't know. It's almost like there's a different quality to the total experience choir that I felt that was like a wall of of sound and that just hit me and and it almost like shook me. In, in a way like woke me up and was just like whoa it it was something so powerful and it's all of those voices together um, that's that's why I've loved singing in choirs too is yeah. it's just that connection um, can you can you talk to me about about the choir experience
0: sure well, I came up here in nineteen sixty three Um, from Carthage, Texas, but I had been doing choirs there since I was, uh, 10 years old Mm -hmm. because I directed the children's choir in my father's church and, uh, I was just a kid. Wait, so you're directing (laughs) the
1: choir as a kid? Yeah,
0: (laughs) because I had the musical gift, as you said, it was Mm -hmm. God-given. I never took music, voice lessons or anything of that nature. (laughs) But I'm a good imitator.
2: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I, I listened to uh, Mahalia Jackson, uh-huh. and uh, then a little later to Marian Anderson. And I'm not a soprano by mean, no, by no means. But I can hit four octaves. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I taught myself to do it. Huge range. Yes, yeah, a huge range. Mm-hmm. And I do it every now and then when I'm singing a gospel song mm-hmm. just to add extra feeling to the song. And um, it's worked these, well, I started singing when I was three and now I'm 73, so I've been working for seven years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, to,
1: to, be, to have that, th- that through line throughout yeah, your, your right. entire life, that like, <laughs> this is it and this is why I'm here. Yes. And
0: I know it's because my mother and father, my mother taught school. Okay. And my father, of course, was a pastor of the church and a farmer. So I grew mm-hmm. up on a farm, which we still have 35 acres in, in Texas. Um, it's just, now it's pine trees, which makes pup wood, which makes the paper that we use. Okay. And so every now and then they cut it down and take it to the market and more papers made. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But there really is no one there from my immediate family because my oldest sister lives in Renton and my brother lives in in Florida. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just lost my, we married my my next oldest sister a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm next in line. And then there's one more, my brother, who's here in Seattle, and he's... um, Musician as well. Oh, is he? He plays bass guitar. No way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Does he ever play with your choir? Yeah, he's yeah. ten years younger than I am. Uh huh.
0: And um, he's um, musically inclined too. None of us have never taken music or anything like that. We just came out of our mama doing what we're doing.
1: <laughs> and then you taught yourself how to play piano.
0: I Thomas had to play the piano. Um, My favorite key is F. Okay. It's it's in the medium range where I can hit high notes and I can hit very (laughs) low notes. Yeah, found it. (laughs) Found it. (laughs) So how did the choir start? Uh, I was, it started at Franklin High School. Okay. In in 1973. Um, They had the Bel Canto Choir, which was the, the choir, the high school choir, mm-hmm. and they did all the, the anthems and, and the great Mozart type stuff. Mm-hmm. And the black kids wouldn't join it, but they'd walk up and down the hall singing. Mm. And so, what happened, the counselor there heard them singing in the hallway. Yeah. And she decided that they really did need to have some place to uh, express themselves musically
1: mm-hmm.
0: in a contained situation. And uh, there was nothing for them to do except walk the halls and sing and dance. And they would just do it in the halls. Mm -hmm. So she had heard me sing at Mount Zion Baptist Church, and she approached me and asked me if I would consider coming to Franklin High School to start a gospel choir. This is in a public school now. Wow. And it's a separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. Well, I said to her, if they'll have me, I'll do it. And sure enough, the principal, Mr. Fr- uh, Hannah Walt, was the principal at that time. She had spoken with him, and he said, "Let's give it a try. These kids have too much talent not to use it." Oh, they used it in church, but yeah. they couldn't use it in the school because there was no way, nobody there to tame it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What does tame it mean? Tame it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> control this. Oh, that's what that meant. Uh-huh. It didn't work. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, what, as the, as the kids say nowadays, what had happened was <laughs> <laughs> um, the same lady convinced the principal of Franklin High School to at least give me a try. Okay. And he did, and he found himself standing outside the music room door listening to that gospel choir song. Yeah, he liked it. He loved it. Yeah. And, and so, and I appreciate him very much to this day. He's gone on, but uh-huh. I appreciate him. Um, he had, he had faith in me, in, in the gift, and that at Franklin High School gospel choir was awesome, man. Really? Ooh, because you get talent from all over the community going to Franklin High School, uh-huh. and then some of the white kids joined it too, uh-huh. and then the Asian kids started coming and joining it as well. We had about 60 kids in that choir when it first started. And then of course, Some of the other teachers of other races said that it was against the law and they uh, prevail upon the powers that be. And they didn't didn't ask me to come back after the third year. Come on. No, that's what happened. And so uh, I asked the pastor of Mount Zion, who was Reverend Dr. Samuel Barry McKinney at the time, who's still living, by the way. You should get a story from him. Uh, He's still very lucid. Okay. Ooh, yes he can give you facts mm. that he lived, because he's in his late 80s, early 90s, I think now.
1: Hmm. He, where he, does he live in the neighborhood?
0: He lives right there in Lake Ridge, uh, that little area between Seattle and Renton on Rainier Avenue. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he gave me an opportunity to come to Mount Zion with the choir, mm-hmm. and I did, and the choir just grew, and grew, and grew, and grew, because Children who were members of Mount Zion joined mm-hmm. the choir, too. So I had like 63 kids in this choir at one time.
1: S- some of the kids from
0: school? Some, all of the kids from the school. Oh, they choir, were, like, okay, yeah. Some of them belonged to Mount Zion. Okay. But then them, along with members of Mount Zion's mm-hmm. youth department, joined in. And I had 63 kids, so total the total experience at that time. And that's why I called it the Total Experience Gospel Choir. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, after a while, though, because of the popularity of the choir, uh, there were people in the church who said that um, became jealous of it because the kids were singing the total experience but wouldn't sing in the church choir.
1: Come on. What
0: <laughs> difference did it make? They were, They were not out there throwing rocks at folks and... And stealing or anything, or stealing cars or whatever—they were out singing gospel music. So there were two choirs. There was the, the church the, had its own okay. choir, and then there was a Told Experience oh, I see. choir. Yeah, but the, the young people in the in the church also wanted to be in the Told Experience. But for some reason, that this this choir has always had this stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever we went, the pastors were very very careful. They didn't want their kids to join it. Because we did more than just sing at churches. I decided that these kids needed to be exposed to the world. Mm-hmm. We started traveling, my man. We, we s- washed cars and so chicken dinner sales, had chicken dinner sales right out of this kitchen right here at my home. And we have been in 28 countries and 33 states.
1: Wow. So you couldn't find a home in a school. And you I couldn't, couldn't find, find a home, home in the
0: church. In the church. So we did it right here in the basement of my house.
1: You can't suppress
0: these voices. No, no, you cannot. And we're still going. Mm-hmm. This is our 44th year anniversary coming up in October. Congratulations. Thank you. Th- that's a huge testament. <laughs> <laughs> and when the total experience uh, actually was kind of semi-accepted, mm-hmm. several community choirs jumped up all over Seattle. And Tacoma. Okay. Where are they now? Nowhere to be seen. Mm. It was a way to get the young people who were members of other churches out of the total experience and back into another situation. It was a way to recruit people from your choir? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just telling you what they told me because I asked myself, What are you doing over here? And they would tell me. Well, they, 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 well, well, here I am. They didn't want to tell. Well, here I, I am. Understood, but here I am.
1: Well, you knew what was
0: going oh, on. Oh, I knew what was going on. I, and I was on the radio too. And that was so the the total experience got a lot of publicity on my show. I was on for four hours every Sunday, from six to ten. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and that went on, went on for seven years. Okay. <laughs>
1: so, so then you got some momentum going. Yeah. And you started traveling. Yes. How, how are people finding out about this outside of Seattle?
0: Um, word of mouth, mm-hmm. because we didn't have all the stuff we have nowadays. Grassroots. So yes, grassroots spread the word. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so we ended up, our first major tour uh, was in 1966 down to California. Okay, We sang in Portland on the way down, mm-hmm. and we sang... Um, in several cities in California. The big one, of course, being Los Angeles. And then the the king of gospel music, the Reverend James Cleveland, heard the Total Experience Gospel Choir. And we went to his church in, in Los Angeles, huge church. Uh-huh. Wow, standing room only. Must have been a good seven or 800 people there. Oof. And, uh, we, we, we wrecked that church. I <laughs> love it. I love
1: it. Do you remember any of the songs you sang?
0: Uh, yeah, there was a group that came out, um, Edwin Hawkins singers, the Oh Happy Day people.
1: hmm Oh, Happy oh, he, Day. Yeah. That was him. Yeah. yeah. That's,
0: that's, uh, and we went to their church and, um. James Cleveland was there, and he heard the choir, and he invited us down to his church in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and we were on our way then. That's the king of gospel oh. music, James Cleveland. Thomas A. Darcy was the founder. Reverend Dr. James Cleveland was the king. I love it. <laughs> that was a happy day. Yeah, it was a happy day. It was standing room only around the church, not just in the church, but around the church. They were outside. They rolled the windows up so that everybody could hear it. Mm. And this little choir from Seattle, Washington, was on stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A
1: prophet is not without honor. In, except their, own, in their own home. <laughs> in their own way. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: And we've been going ever since.
1: That's amazing. Um, so that that I'm sure that gave you traction.
0: Tremendous traction. That's how we were able to travel all across the United States. It and took it took us a few years to do all that traveling because we had to come back home and raise the money to go. You got to
1: come home. So you do fundraisers?
0: Oh, did we ever. This kitchen right here yeah, um, was the basis of our travels because mm-hmm. uh, we couldn't afford to hire a professional kitchen. So right. my husband... Uh, Readily agreed to just we'd pay the bill, Patriot, go ahead and have the chicken dinner sale here. Mm-hmm. And we would do it. And then, uh, after some of the Boas became teenagers and, and had their driver's license, they would deliver to the barber shops and the beauty shops all over the, the area. Then, it, this area was all black. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a lot of barber shops and a lot of beauty shops. And uh, we sold the dinners for, for, started out at $3 a plate mm-hmm. for a five course dinner. And then as, we, as the neighborhood became richer, we started selling them for $5 a plate. <laughs> <laughs> How much are they selling now? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that same plate would cost you $20 Right. A plate. That's
1: what I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you still traveling?
0: Yes. We're going to make one more trip. Uh, then I'm going to retire it. Come next on. Year, next year. That's 44 years next year. Yeah, but what are you going to do with yourself? (laughs) 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 Nothing. Every now and then when somebody calls, I I have a core group that I can Uh pull together on a moment's notice. There are six of the members of the choir who've been with me. For the the young lady in the choir that I wish you would interview, if you could, her name is Gina Brooks. Okay. Gina started out when she was six years old with the Total Experience Choir. Okay. And now she's 43. Wow.
1: She's still singing with you?
0: You bet your life. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I the bet a,
1: she's a good singer.
0: Oh, my goodness. A soprano, too, can mm-hmm. hit notes that I have difficulty hitting, and I'm pretty good. <laughs> but as they get older, you know, you sort of lose some of your range. But um, And the other lady who, we went to, to California, mm-hmm. starting in 63, went down to California in 64, and I met this woman named Jessica Howard, uh, and she was in the Berkeley, Oakland area mm-hmm. at, at the church down there um, and she wasn't a member of the church, but she heard that we were coming, and she's from Seattle. So the cho- all she knew there was a choir from Seattle coming down, and she wasn't gonna miss it. Okay. So she came to that concert, and um, she was just blown away by these kids. Mm-hmm. And Gina sang a song called "Going Up Yonder," and I'm I'm a I really miss my calling. I think I should have been a choreographer because I really can. I know how to, yeah. You know, I know how to make you use your body. Well, this yourself. will be after you retire. Yeah. You can start working on that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, yeah, because I can still move mine. But anyway, um, <laughs> you can. I know. <laughs> oh, my aunts love me. But anyway, um, at that point, we were down in Oakland, and the song we sang was "Going Up Yonder," and the two young kids. It was uh, Jason Turner and Cherie Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, who were the babies of the choir. And they were six and seven years old. And I had told them that when you sing the song, you have to sing it with your whole body. Mm-hmm. I said, now when you get to this part, when he says, because in, in the black church, they they teach you to not stop. Don't stop because life gets rough. Hmm. Keep running on. Keep running on. And so I, I added that to that song, Going Up Yonder. I said, and when you start saying, I'm going to run on. I said, I want you to run. Hmm. And he went, I don't know how to do that. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I showed him I said, You're gonna run on and I ran a little bit. Uh-huh. And I run on and did run more. And you run on and then run. I said, then run around the church and come back to the microphone. And we tore that church. Yes. Uh- <laughs> That's a total experience. That's a right total there. experience. You have just had, ladies and gentlemen, a total experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they still sing both of them okay. are, are in, involved in their church churches one here and one in Tacoma mm-hmm. um and they they teach the, their choir what they learned from me mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Six and seven years old Six belting years it old. out,
0: belting it out like old folks. <laughs>
1: I love what you said about singing with your whole body.
0: You sing with your because I think
1: body. that goes back to like what what I felt was coming out of the choir when I heard Total Experience the first time. It, <laughs> it's the whole body coming yeah. out.
0: It's the total experience yeah. <laughs> coming you at you, to the top of your head to the sole of your feet. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, it 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 had it must have been um, interesting to To sing for so many different churches and audiences and, and to get so many different
0: reactions. Yes. Now, the white churches were a little bit stiffer. Oh, they, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> you know, some, you, 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 they don't even think about clapping. Well, I taught
0: them how. Good. <laughs> well, the first white church we sang in was First Baptist right there on Harvard and Seneca. Okay. And uh, this was for what they call the Church Council of Greater Seattle. Uh, it used to be a church, this church community in this city used to be powerful. Not anymore, but it used to be. Mm-hmm. And um, they invited the choir to come and sing, and I said, I can sing the way I sing. And, uh, of course, the president of the organization said, you beat Pat Wright. You just beat Pat Wright. Yeah. I said, oh, okay, brother, you asked me <laughs> okay, All right. So we sang for the, the big 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 organization uh, that they had invited people from all over mm-hmm. out of state even to come to and they were in it, and it was at First Baptist Church and it was packed to the hilt mm-hmm. and I and I put Cherie and Jason on that song and said kill them yeah. kill them just kill them uh-huh. and I said because if you don't I'm gonna kill you so you better <laughs> 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 and and the church was just packed. Outstanding room only mm-hmm. standing room only in First Baptist is not a small church so they, uh, they did what I told them to do mm-hmm. and we knew we were on our way we get so many requests to come all over the United States and we've traveled in, um, we performed actually performed in 33 states now well, you got a few more to go. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm retiring next year. I've already decided. I was born in nineteen forty four. I'm gonna give this choir up in twenty forty four.
1: I I love the experience of it because when you as human beings, you can you can learn in different ways. Right. But when you experience something, it can't be denied.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then
1: when and when you have everybody in packed like sardines into a building, and then you have that resonance, you know, and your voice, you know, leading the way, leading the charge. It's
0: Well, you know what happened, powerful. though? Uh, I'm, I'm the female version of my father. Hmm. My father was tall and extremely handsome, mm-hmm. and um, he wore his hair down to his shoulders because, you know, as I said, he was half-white, uh-huh. so he wore it down to his shoulders, and it was straight, and he had charisma galore. Mm-hmm. He'd just stand up, and the ladies would just go, yes, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had this big smile like yours. And you could see all 32, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> including his tonsils doing that. You know? I love it. <laughs> and um, he'd just stand up and smile and my My youngest brother, who lives here in Seattle, is the spitting image of my father. Oh, no way. He doesn't even know my father, because he died when he was very young. Wow. So, I'm gonna show you a picture of my father.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see one.
0: He was, and I tell him stories about daddy, because he doesn't know.
1: Oh yeah, he's a tall drink of water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> My mother wasn't too short either. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm the rut. I'm the only one that's 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 right on the ground. <laughs> I definitely
1: see you and her.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank she you. She taught for um, probably forty years as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't well, afraid of anything. She just If she wanted to do something, she did it, didn't let anybody stop her, and I guess that's where I got mine from. She used to tell me, tell us all, my whole family, that if if you have a a gift, you didn't give it to yourself. Mm. Use it and then give it to somebody else. Oh, can you say that again? You didn't give that gift you have to yourself. It was given by God. Now you share it and give it to somebody else. (laughs) And that's what we do.
1: Yeah, that's what you've been doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) My brother, who's never had a guitar lesson in his life, is one heck of a guitarist. Oh, yeah?
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Where do you think
0: that comes from? Uh, We've been in church all of our life, so everything that you can possibly think of that you can do in church... Administratively, he's the administrative assistant for a big church here uh-huh. in Seattle. Uh, not assistant, he is the administrator. Okay. Administrator, uh, which is just right down the road a few blocks. Um, he can do it all. He's a bassist.
2: Mm
1: hmm.
0: Play the heck out of that bass.
1: The bass kind of holds it together. Yeah.
0: Never had a bass lesson in his life.
1: You get that bass and that drum, and that's all you need. Well, my, my, my brother plays the drum, too. He does? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, if you can play the bass, you, well, you have rhythm. Yeah, so he plays the bass and the drum. Mm-hmm. So do you do you wake up every morning and think
0: about music? No, I think about thanking God that I can actually wake up and see the next day. Mm-hmm. And then, normally, this is unusual for me not to have uh, a gig to go to.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Have you been pretty busy lately?
0: Oh yeah, I'm still busy, but I'm saying no more, more now than I used to. Uh huh. There's um, a big event coming up. On that's not it. I thought that may have been it. That's not it. Yes, it is. This is it. Might be interested in coming. You you may have that. Thank you. So gospel
1: fest. 2017. Yeah. That new hope. Mm-hmm.
0: It's coming up. Yeah. It's Saturday night. It's a competition. It's going to Urban Impact. Yeah. I know Urban Impact. Mm-hmm. So you're still doing some? Well, they're trying to get me to. <laughs> <laughs> The total experience is going to be first on program. I told myself, I, I don't go and stay at these long programs anymore. There you go. No, requi- hit it, quit it, I'm gone. <laughs> the
1: requirement is. Yes.
0: Put me on first. Put
1: me on first, <laughs> and then I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> so can I ask you, um, I want to ask you what some words mean to you.
0: Okay. So first, what,
1: what is gospel? mean to you?
0: The word gospel means the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what it means to me. I have a pacemaker. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, I was pronounced dead in 2002. What?
1: The the (laughs) hits just keep on coming. I mean, you've overcome (laughs) so much.
0: Yes. I was singing. The next thing I knew, when I came (laughs) to, I was in at what is now Swedish, but it was Providence Hospital. Okay. And they didn't think they could revive me. But here I am.
1: You're not just here, <laughs> you're fully coherent <laughs> yeah, and, and you're coherent. belting it out. Yeah, still <laughs> belting
0: it out. I was singing, and the next thing I know, I woke up at Providence Hospital. You woke up in the hospital. How long were you in the hospital? Four days. Um, That's when they put the pacemaker in.
1: So they put a pacemaker in and yeah. then they let you go four days later. Mm-hmm. Did you take
0: it easy? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cannot tell a lie. Uh-huh. <laughs> like Abraham Lincoln, I cannot. Tell a lie. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I knew that, that he had left me here for a specific reason and I believed that it was to take his message everywhere. I became more involved than I had before. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started traveling overseas and all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, then you just ramped it up. You accelerated the whole thing. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. If you can't can't keep up, then keep out. I'm I'm still here. (laughs) And um, we just fundraise, 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 Mm -hmm. and went everywhere we need to go. I'm I'm tired of traveling, though. I'm not going to do much traveling anymore. Mm -hmm. So gospel is the good news. Gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. And I felt like it was, uh, that's all I'd ever been exposed to. Then, because I was made to, now because I want to. Mm-hmm. I, well, now started at least 15 years ago, because mm-hmm. I must do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a driving force inside me.
1: It's it's something that you can't not do. It's
0: something that I can't not
2: do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I will not even try. I'll just mm-hmm.
1: do it. Well, and, and just listening to your story, there were so many things that could have been the thing that made you throw up your hands and go, all right, well, that's it. Yes. The, the bus ride. Yes. The school. Yes. The church. Yes. The pacemaker. Yes. Still going. Still going.
0: I'm, as they say, the energizer bunny. Oh. Takes a licking and keep on ticking. That's right. <laughs> And even being put down by my own community. I have to tell you the truth. What that do you sh- mean? Yeah, let's now, hear this. I, I'm going to tell you the truth. That's what you're here for, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: I've been put out of a lot of places that I never understood why. And then I later found out it was just pure jealousy. Hmm. I didn't... I've, I've never had any money. Mm-hmm. Uh I, My basic career was in banking. Okay. And bankers... Tellers don't make money. You handle thousands upon thousands of dollars a day, but you better not touch it. Wow! Illegally, or you're in, in jail. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I don't like small places. <laughs> so uh-huh. That cell is too small <laughs> for me. <laughs> so um, I, eventually, just it was. A lot of work, and then I started getting a lot of work to s- come and sing here, come and sing there, come and sing there, and I knew that I didn't have enough vacation time, and I decided I'm gonna quit uh, banking and just travel with the choir. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and it's fun. I never know what the next adventure is gonna be, and I like that.
1: I do too. Um, so, what about the community? You've had these multiple experiences. Oh man. Uh, this is really interesting, uh, because I feel like this is this is um this is not unique to um, the story of somebody actually following through with living out their gift in the world. There's always some major resistance to it yes and but then there are these breakthrough moments yes. It's kind of that archetypal, universal human journey. If if you're engaging the journey,
0: but the difference is, this is supposed to be church. This is the place of encouragement. Mm-hmm. This is in a place of yes, you can, baby, go ahead. Mm-hmm. We, we got your back. Mm-hmm. No, the choir is almost forty-four years old. We still meet with resistance. Mm-hmm from organized churches and choirs in our own community. Mm-hmm. This shocked me. This, this program coming up shocked me. Why? Mainly because some of the same people who were behind it, um, some of the people who helped to cast me out hmm. or attempt to cast me out. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't gonna let anybody Call strike three on me. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. You can give me four balls, and I'm going to (laughs) walk. But there will be no strike three. Mm. Not until God calls me. Mm. Then that's strike three. And ain't nobody got that power but him. So, every time I get something across the plate, it's a ball. Mm. Not a strike. And I've managed to continue getting the balls. Mm-hmm. And the strikes keep trying to come. But they're always on the periphery. They never come across the plate okay. like they're supposed to. Mm-mm. Keep walking. Keep walking. <laughs> I could tell you stories that as a man, you'd be crying.
2: Hmm.
0: because you wouldn't believe that the Christian community, so-called Christian community, could be as mean as they are. But everybody that called themselves, and the Bible says so, everybody calls themselves one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not one. Well,
1: that, that word comes with a lot of baggage. Yes. Christian. Yes. Um, what does it mean to you?
0: just exactly what the definition stands for Mm Christ-like you take the strikes Mm -hmm. but you already know that the only one that can say strike three doesn't look like you and I Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's the Holy Spirit will say strike three Mm -hmm. but then you live again permanently and that's what I'm working for Mm -hmm. that's what I'm looking for that's why I take the mess that I take Mm-hmm. That's why I've dragged this choir through almost 44 years. Uh, there are two people in the choir that, I, that one of these times I wish you would interview. That's Gina Brooks and Jessica Howard. Because Gina was only six. Now she's in her late 40s. And Jay actually moved from California to Seattle the year after she met us, and she's been with us ever since. 42 years ago.
1: Mm. Did she move for the choir?
0: She was born and raised in Louisiana, but she lived, they, they brought came up to Seattle when she was a real tiny baby. Mm-hmm. And she w- was raised right here in Seattle. But mm-hmm. she's a registered nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And uh, put down basically because of the color of her skin, because mm-hmm. she's very dark. Smart as a, she can be. She's a nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. retired 40 years later. <laughs> That's impressive. It's impressive. And what she, the can, and she sing. can sing. And she can sing. She's a drummer. Mm. She plays drums for the choir, as well as my grandson.
1: Mm-hmm. Your grandson's in the choir?
0: mm mm-hmm. uh, well, I have to explain that the girl that I was talking about, Gina, yes. who started when she was only a little girl, Yeah, her son, I claim Gina as my daughter Uh because she's been with me ever since she was knee high to a duck. And so I claim her as my daughter and her son as my grandson. Oh, that's beautiful. It is. And I don't let anybody mess with Gina and I don't let anybody mess with her son. Mm -hmm. Them's fighting words. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you. Gina is a soprano. We rehearse every Monday evening Right on, right on the streets on Twenty Third and East Olive, the um, Ebenezer A.M.E. Zion Church. Okay, big white church that sits on this side of the Twenty Third Avenue.
1: Twenty Third and what?
0: Uh, Olive is just right next to the Y. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's at the big church. Yep, yeah, right by the Safeway over there. Yeah, we are there every Monday night from six thirty to eight thirty. Okay, rehearsal, and he's a the drummer there. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, he can play. <laughs> he's only nineteen. That's gotta be fun. Yeah, he can play the heck out of uh-huh. drums. Never had a drum lesson. He played for the, he plays for the drum line when, in parades. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, um, th- going back to, you know, what it means to be a Christian. Yes. And then, what the church, which, if I was hearing you correctly, that's been. A source of frustration, frustration and hypocrisy. And pain,
0: yes. But it's made up of people. <laughs> right. What is what does church mean to you? To live Christ like. It means there are things that I would I I could hold anger. Uh-huh. I could seek revenge. hmm But Christ never sought never had he, he got angry, but he said not. hmm It's a natural uh, phenomenon we get angry about things but he didn't use his anger to the negative he used his anger to the positive
1: right and in, in his anger was uh, against injustices absolutely and and it was against organized religion there you go if so that, if
0: that's what you call religion I'm not interested in it <laughs> well it's
1: it's just interesting because the, you you hear the message and the story of what Jesus did yes and it was really coming against the system that's right of the day and that's right and we still have a very very strong Whew. system you know that we're coming against and that's where i see you know the the life of like the christian story and where it's not it to me it doesn't seem authentic unless there's action towards
0: th- those injustices i agree with you 100% and i often get angry because that we've sang for three living presidents, Clinton, Carter, Obama.
1: Carter. That Carter. was the other one. That's
0: Carter. <laughs> it just came to me, Clinton, Carter, Obama. And we've sang more than once for them. And people know of the total experience, but no one has ever said, oh, can I pay you for what you just did? Don't ask me, can you pay me? Right. Right. Because you can't never, you can't, you won't ever be able to pay me. Mm-hmm. But you can assist the choir in what it's trying to do financially. And so, I'd like to be able to do a an appreciation for my my musicians who stood by me through all of this. Right. I can't do it.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. But I want to show them thank you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to show Jay thank you. I want to show Lou, thank you. I want to show Martell, thank you. Mm-hmm. I want to show Domino, thank you. Uh, it's a four-piece band. Mm-hmm. And they've been through the same things I've been through. Yeah. I can't do it. I don't have any the, the, the with all to do it. And that wouldn't be true if we were rock and roll of rhythm and blues. Because every time you perform, you get paid. Mm-hmm. I can't charge the churches. I can't charge the whatever. can't charge the weddings and I can't charge the funerals and I can't, I wouldn't even think of doing any of that. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, everybody deserves a thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to do for them. Yeah, They've stood with by me through thick and thin. And believe you me, it's been much more thick than it has been thin. Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting because that's not what people see.
0: I know, and that's not, I'm not going to let them see it. Yeah, But no. we're being honest today. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I go on that stage, and it's because I have had to use the music to lift me up.
1: Yep. Yeah. hmm It's like the more you give your gift, the, yes. m- the more you get back inside.
0: Yes. I got an ant invasion in here today. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, little rascal. You're not getting the way I I got you this time. Got you, huh nah, Got you. Little convention. There's a. Uh, they're, they're coming in through the window.
1: There's one on my laptop.
0: There is. Yeah. Oh. There I'm is. gonna. I'm gonna let them live. Okay. Well, you better than me. <laughs> <laughs> you like Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones, right? Uh huh. Will these bones live. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll let them live. Well, you got a better soul than I do. <laughs> I <guess laughs> I can't stand the little rascals. Oh, gosh. But it's not their fault. That's their nature. Speaking of nature,
1: do you spend time in nature?
0: Yes. I'm a farm girl. What's What does that mean? It means I grew up on 35 acres of land. Oh, you said farm. I thought you said forum. Oh, no. I'm a farm girl. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time. I don't do the yard anymore. Mm-hmm. Because my lower back won't let me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard on your body. Yes,
0: but I used to, and it's a big yard.
1: All that back there. Do you do you get out and spend time outside every day? Oh,
0: yeah, I like walking. I, I, I put in 10 miles a day.
1: Do you really? Yeah.
0: 10 miles? Yeah, I just walk around the community. Come on, I walk from here to, that's Union. Uh-huh. And I walk all the way around, and then they go to, to Cherry is the next big street. Yeah. And I walk down Cherry, and then... And then I'm, and I've worn out. You see the my rug there? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's my walking path. You're walking. Yes, I, I, I do 25 laps around here. You do
1: laps in the house, too? Yeah,
0: yeah, walking laps. That's why the, the carpet looks like it looks. You can tell where I don't walk because it's still know new. I, n- <laughs> I, n- I, n- I didn't notice that until you pointed it out. Uh-huh, yeah, that's my walking path. That's mm-hmm. right. When it rains and stuff like that, then I can't go outside. I just make triple up what I do mm-hmm. in does that get Does that get the juices flowing when you're walking? Oh yes, yeah. yes. I I um, see, I have a pacemaker, as you know, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that I keep that tickle busy. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You, you're not. No, no, no. Wake up, wake up. You're good. Gonna... <laughs> okay. I ain't playing with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I talk to it. Good boy. Good boy. Yeah. It's a boy. Good boy. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's great. See, so you, do you, you get music in in your in your head while you're while you're walking? I do. Do you sing? Do you? Yeah,
0: I sing. Sometime in the rhythm, I can hear the drums playing. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that gospel music here, it's always it's almost like a walk.
0: It is, and most of it's written four four times. so mm-hmm. it's one, two three, four, one mm-hmm. two three four one two three four one two.
1: What song do you have in your head right now?
0: Going Up Yonder. Can I hear it? If you want to know Where I'm going Well, well, where I'm going One of these days soon If you really want to know If anybody asks you Mm, where I'm going Tell them for me Tell them that I'm going Going away soon Yes I'm going up yonder mm, Yeah, yeah I'm going to a place mm, mm. I'm going up yonder just to be with my Lord. Oh, oh, I'm going up yonder. Yeah, yes, I'm going up yonder. Mm-mm, I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. Oh, oh yes. Yes.
1: Thank you. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I want to hear more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I give you just a line or two of my favorite song. It's called He's Never Failed Me Yet. Oh. I don't know what the few... And I Don't even know About today But I know Who holds my hand And I know he the way so come what may, it may come from day to day but I will never fret. For the Lord has always been good to me And he has never failed me Yet, yet
1: That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: so true. Yes. (laughs) Mm, Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Mm. I have a couple quotes. Okay. That I wanted to just share with you, and you can respond however you want. through our art sorry through our eyes the universe is perceiving itself through our ears the universe is listening to its harmonies we are the witnesses through which the universe becomes conscious of its glory of its magnificence it's
0: pretty biblical in the black church we say we are his mouth. We are his eyes. We are his ears. We are his feet. Be careful and thoughtful hmm. where you place them.
1: Hmm. That really speaks to intention. Yes. That was Alan Watts. (laughs) Um, I don't know who who wrote this one. But it says, We no longer hear the voices of the rivers of the mountains or the voices of the sea. The trees and meadows are no longer intimate modes of spirit presence. Everything about us, Has become an it rather than a thou.
0: If we allow it, people like me and like so many me's that I know are referred to as super Christians. Hmm. There is no such thing as a super Christian. You're either Christian you're a believer, or you can be anything else as long as you're a believer. doesn't have to be under the, the auspices of the word Christian. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of religions that are not Christian, but who believe in doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not putting anybody down for what they call it. Rather, if I was to judge, it would be by your actions, not your words. Mm -hmm. And I don't care where I am, and I'm in a lot of places, in the course of 365 days, the choir now, I have made many, many stops. Last year we went to, uh, we did, we filled over 100 engagements. Wow. Sometimes two and three a day, Hmm. over the weekend especially. But if they call, my job is to go. Because I believe in the Bible there's a character that says, here I am, Lord, send me. I've become that character to myself. Here I am, Lord, send me. And as long as there's strength in this body, I'll go even if I have to go by myself. So far, so good.
1: Mm. (laughs) There's a a song, right? Here I am.
0: Mm. We call it, um, If the Lord wants somebody here am I, oh, Lord, send me. You show up. <laughs> <laughs> you show up. Yes. I show up and he shows up. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I think that was Thomas Berry, by the way, on that last quote. Um Maybe you know this. Maybe you know this one. One voice can change a room. Yes. And if one voice can change a room, then it can change a city. And if it can change a city, it can change a state. And if it can change a state, it can change a nation. And if it can change a nation, it can change the world. Yes. Your voice can change the world. <laughs> you know who that is?
0: I don't know who it is, but I've heard that before.
1: It's Barack Obama.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's who it was. Sorry about that, Barack. You
1: sang for him.
0: Yes, I did. Mm. Twice, three times.
1: That's amazing.
0: Somebody's at the door.
1: Hey, we're still going here. Yeah. And oh. now, and now we've got Gregory. The younger brother. Yeah, the,
0: the <laughs> younger brother and the baby of the family. Here, why don't you pull up here, so,
1: in case you okay, decide to really like say today. something, we'll hear you. We were just talking about, we're talking about the black church. We are talking about um, Black History Month. Right. And that was the first month that it didn't really happen on a citywide level. That's right. So, what's going on?
2: Well, I kind of think that um, it might have been since a lot of the black residents are no longer in this area, uh-huh. uh, they don't really uh, come back into the area anymore like they used to. Mm-hmm. They're just not here. So they out south of wherever they are. Uh, they might have had some programs in their different churches out there, but collectively, uh, Pat's,
1: Pat's shaking her head. <laughs> she doesn't believe it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure th- the black churches out there had some, you know, their own internal programs. Like my church had an internal program, mm-hmm. but there was no big program like usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the old days, they did a lot of stuff at Mount Zion Baptist Church, um, but this year there was no impetus to do that kind of thing for whatever reasons. Maybe uh, since the black public is not here, yeah, there's no real leader that's interested into pushing that forward anymore mm-hmm. other than maybe to get reelected. Those kind of issues. So... I don't know, it's probably a diverse <laughs> answer to that. Well, yeah. I
1: mean, it's not really diverse. You're really speaking to the, the geography, Yeah. you know, change, which Pat and I talked about earlier, which is all the, uh, all the black folks moving to other areas. South. South.
2: Yeah, so we they're always just not go here, south. so they're just they're not always go south.
0: That's, that's really interesting, too. That's yeah. the way we were orientated. We came from Africa to the south.
2: Uh-huh. And so uh, the, the interest of the, I just don't think it was here. It's not here anymore to propel this community forward mm-hmm. as uh, African-America, African-American uh, neighborhoods.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have no African-Americans in Seattle. Yeah, so.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, I guess it would be a little inauthentic or just kind of weird if you just had a white church celebrating it.
0: No, I you know, we celebrate their, the holidays of other people. I mean, it has nothing, I, I, I think that basically, when we had black history, yeah, and we had um, Martin Luther King celebrations and that kind of stuff, yeah. the, the audience would always be pretty, pretty much half and half.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But the element, as my brother said, of people who were in front of it. Reverend McKinney was very influential in both the black and white community. We haven't had another Reverend McKinney to step up to the plate Mm
1: -hmm. yet.
0: And we probably never will have.
1: It needs to be more of a collective, shared um, embodiment and and have it sort of grow like your plants. Right. (laughs) As, (laughs) As individuals, but together. Um... And to keep it going and and i do i want to take back what i said too because i i, I agree with you it it needs to be um celebrated widely not just if you have um, absolutely a, a shared community or a black community it and it needs to be um recognized and marked every year
0: well let me give you a good example of that um on the fourth uh, of this month of course that was um the birthday. Uh, And they had it out in the Martin Luther King Park,
2: Uh
0: on Martin Luther King Way. But you could throw a stick in there and not hit anybody that was there for the celebration. We did the music, but we sang basically to ourselves.
2: Hmm. You know, another point I would like to bring out, as we was talking about uh, Mount Zion and Reverend McKinney. Yeah. The the whole movement has always been, the black movement has always come from the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, now our black churches don't have the memberships like they used to. Right. And maybe the mindsets of some of the leaders in the black churches as pastors don't have the mindset to push forward as some of the old leaders did in the past. Mm -hmm. So. Even with the minimum amount of members, they still can push, but it look like the energy is not there to push mm-hmm. anymore. And uh, maybe, uh, well, I can't speak to them why, but they are in the position of leadership, so people will listen to somebody who's giving them uh, good information.
0: Yeah. Unless it's a female.
2: Hmm.
1: well that needs to change too I think though what we're talking about is I mean it's really in line with what I'm interested in for the Emerging Future podcast we're seeing change right and we're seeing we're seeing institutions change we're talking about the church right now the church has been it was a, it was a thriving place for the, the black community mm-hmm. it was a place where that community w- was safe and could express themselves Unless you're a woman. Unless
0: you're a woman. <laughs> unless, And that's exactly it. I said, There's no other way I can, I can't dress it up. Uh-huh. If you're a female, I pastored for 12 years in this city. Mm-hmm. And we had a very uh, wonderful, thriving church. And eventually they decided to raise the rent. And we knew that we couldn't afford to pay the rent that they were charging us. Because they wanted to put a store in it, in the building, in in that space, I had fixed Come it up. On. I had used my own personal money and fixed it up. It was very, very nice inside. It's right there on on uh, Martin Luther King and mm-hmm. Cherry. And it seemed as though the fact that I was female, my community did not support it. I had mostly white members there, white and and members. Of mixed race Uh uh-huh and just because i was female my own community would not support me and that's the the only reason the total experience gospel choir is making it to 44 years is because i pushed like heck Uh uh-huh and then i i gained the white support but my own people is just like jesus he came into his own and his own received him not we've come into our own and our own received us not but I didn't let it stop me mm-hmm. because God had blessed me with what you would call a traveling ministry, and that kept me motivated to keep going. hmm and see, I think this is the way
1: forward, too, is that we can't rely on buildings. No. We can't rely on institutions. No. We can't rely on one community leader. That's right. To be the one who's going to provide the energy to bring these ideas forward. That's right. Everybody needs to take responsibility and to start showing up.
0: Yes. Yes, I totally agree. And if
1: everybody shows up in the way that Pat Wright shows up, the world is going to look like a different place, and it's going to be a lot better.
0: Thank you for that, because I know he didn't put me here just for black folks. He put me here for a reason, and that reason, I believe, was to take the message everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've traveled extensively with the choir. Um, but I do know that you you sort of despise in your own home.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's I was put out of the church by my own people. Mm-hmm. By my own people.
1: That's tragic.
0: But I was. The choir and I were put out by my own people. You're the leader of the choir. That's right. And when they didn't want the choir, you don't want me because that is me. Mm -hmm. That's why we became a community choir Mm -hmm. because we were asked to leave the church. And we did. I accept you, but we don't accept your your children. Those are my babies. You don't want my babies, you don't want me. Mm -hmm. So I left. But it's been for the good, because it forced me to take the message everywhere. Mm -hmm. And here we are, as I said earlier, 28 countries and 33 states later. Right. (laughs) You got around. Yes. (laughs) It's been a difficult but satisfying journey. And if I had to do it again, I would. Mm -hmm. Because I ain't doing it for man and womankind. Mm. There might be some different things, but I would do it.
1: That's, that's really inspiring because you've you took you took the gift and you shared it.
0: Yes. Tell you the truth, I was afraid not to. Because there's somebody bigger than you and I looking. Uh huh. And as they say in the black community, looking and booking. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that to be on my record.
1: And it's almost like what's what's scarier, to get to the end of your life and go oh, I missed it, or <laughs> <laughs> or to actually go for it.
0: Uh, and I'm a go-for-it type person. Oh, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Yes. And sometimes it's been very painful and mm-hmm. many, many tears, mm-hmm. many, many prayers. But so far, I, God has allowed me to rise victorious. Y- yep.
1: Tell me about some of the moments that were on the other side that weren't painful, that were these mountaintop experiences where you just felt like a a release and like (laughs) (laughs) we're in the right place and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing.
0: The first time I went to Japan with the Total Experience Gospel Choir, here I am on another continent (laughs) with this choir. I don't understand a word they're saying and they don't understand a word I'm saying. But you should have been there with the camera and this recorder.
1: I wish I was.
0: To see and hear the reaction of the Japanese people when we came on the stage. That was just like, the momentum was just huge and overpowering. They don't show emotion there. But they did. But they did. And the first song we sang was the American National Anthem. Really? Yes.
1: Why did you choose that for the first song?
0: Because we're Americans.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And because I wanted them to know that I'm here, and I'm not going to deny where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And then I sang the Black National Anthem. Lift every voice and sing. And the American National Anthem didn't move them, but those who understood English, and they were would, they would telling their... People that were sitting next to them who couldn't speak English, what the words were to what we were singing. Okay. And they were just like, and the Japanese don't show much emotion. Mm-hmm. And they were just in awe that that choir is singing that song. Mm-hmm. But they could tell that that song meant something to us. And then all of a sudden the tears were rolling down my cheeks. Mm. And um, we had, that first time we went to Japan was absolutely. Lightning struck. Mm. Electricity. Electricity all in the air. And they waited in line, a long lines, just to shake our hands. Mm. There were hundreds of people there. For the first time, I didn't feel like a, a shrimp. <laughs> yeah, we were all the same size. And you're like, I'm tall. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're about my height. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to look up at you
1: (laughs) you know I think that's what the choir does I think that's what the shared voice does is it because we we have electricity in our bodies we have electricity in the air yes Um, we have this energy between and and there are all these things that we do to like shut it off yes Let's, let's, we're turning this off. We're turning yes. off the energy. And, yes. And then it's the choir and the voice and it's the, that full body experience that you were talking about that can
0: just like break through all of that. Well, I'm getting hit, ready to shock you with something else. Hit me. Well, as you know, the central area is no longer African American. hmm And so people from other nationalities have joined the choir. And some of the churches that look like me I don't invite us anymore because it's a so-called white choir now until they open their mouths and start singing mm-hmm. <laughs> get my point yes oh yeah they're not it's not not a gospel choir anymore mm-hmm. well I listen to these people sing the gospel mm-hmm. it was was Jesus uh, prejudice he only gave the gift to black folks mm-hmm. Uh, He gave gifts. Whosoever will Mm -hmm. receive them. He didn't make us take them. They were there, and he gave them to us. And so my thing is, if you're willing to learn, I'm willing to teach. And vice versa, I'm willing to teach even if you're not willing to learn. And so they, they, they accuse me now of giving our gifts away. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to keep giving it to whomever wants it. They're welcome to come. As a song that says, come on over here. The table is spread. The feast of the Lord is going on. So come on over here. Feel free to eat from this table and drink from this pitcher. The feast of the Lord is going on.
1: Everyone's invited.
0: Everyone's invited. (laughs) Thank God we have a Japanese lady in the choir. Mm -hmm. And... We have, of course, the choir basically is is white, but that's what's in the area. And I don't care. Right. I do not care. We walk into places now, even in white churches, and, and everybody's mouth goes, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And then they open their mouth, and it's like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> hmm <laughs> Sounds the same. Sounds the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, the <laughs> and then they'll come to me afterwards. Some of the people will say, How do you get us to sing like that? Mm-hmm. I said, Oh, I have a whip. <laughs> 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 and they laugh and they say, Well, they sure sound good. Yeah. I said, Well, thank you. Just come to practice. Just come to practice. You're welcome to come. Just come. It's an open door practice. Anybody can walk in their door, and, and people do every Monday night, and they mm-hmm. sit there and listen, and then when they get ready to go, they go. Yeah. You know, it's it's. it's because we sing loud, so you can hear us with the door, open. you can hear us all down 23rd.
1: <laughs> That's great. Man, I would love to get my kids out there. You break up. Well, they're, so, they're shy. Oh. They, well, because I, I take them sometimes early uh-huh. to to come up into the choir yeah. at Madrona. Yeah. And, and they'll, they'll just sit in the seats. You know, they're not quite ready, so it's hard. How old are they? 11, 10, 6, and uh, 2. Uh,
0: oh, I want the two year old.
1: You want the two year old? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's starting to sing. You know what he requests? Um, he In the car, he says, Dad, I want to hear uh, Peace Like a River.
0: Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but he's two.
1: He just started re- requesting that.
0: <laughs> and, you, I you and I hope you're not driving because I'd be crying. <laughs>
1: I'm driving and I'm trying to find it on my phone at the same time, <laughs> like every bad driver in the city. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. Two years old. He requested when Peace Like a River. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, Peace Like a River and um and Down by the Riverside.
0: Oh yes. And he laid like that like the rhythm on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Down by the Riverside. We still do it a lot. We do it at every concert. Do you? Yes, that's my audience participation song. Oh no way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, tell, <clears throat> I tell the audience every time we do a concert, I so, said, You think I came to entertain you? You sure turn to entertain me. <laughs> <laughs> and they all laugh and that's the one I do. Gonna lay down my burden. Down by the riverside, down by the riverside, down by the riverside. Gonna lay down my burdens, down by the riverside, to study war no more. And everybody starts singing and everybody starts clapping. and (laughs) All of that stuff that possibly could keep us apart from each other melts completely. Breaks down. Yes. And that's what I love. Break down. It breaks it down. Cuts right through. They're all the same. Maybe a different color out here, but the heart still craves the same.
1: <laughs> and music is the great connector.
0: That's right. when I was in high school, um, they used to always point, they had a big, it was an all-black school, they had a big uh, plaque across the front of the music room that said, Music is truly the universal language. Use it. That's mm. true. Mm-hmm. And everywhere we've gone, they may not have understood what we were saying, but they all know Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we've been, even in Russia, mm-hmm. we sang Amazing Grace and those big, strong, uh, tall, mean-looking men, We sing Amazing Grace, he broke it all down. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I think we should probably wrap it up. Okay. Um, Would you want to take us out
0: with Amazing Grace? I sure would, because that's my father's favorite hymn during his lifetime. Amazing Grace was blind but now I see and that's basically the way it's written Mm -hmm. in a black church it goes like this amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like you and me, like you and me. The old sister would say, for all I was was lost, but thank God right now. I was blind, praise God, but now I can
2: see.
0: Child can see, can see. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. You're
0: welcome. That's beautiful. That's beautiful.
1: Yes. Um, if people want to find you, Pat, where can they find you?
0: Um. I attend the Ebenezer AME Zion Church, located at 1716 23rd Avenue, right in the central area of Seattle, 98122. Um, There are usually most Sundays unless the choir has to sing somewhere. And uh, all of our engagements that are open to the public are on our website, org. Come and see us.
1: Thanks. Pat, thanks for sharing your story. Thank you for your life and and for listening to your gift and for sharing it for your entire life. You have impacted so many people. You have impacted me personally. And for that, I'm forever grateful.
0: Thank you.